I am firmly of the opinion that the most dangerous word in Western culture is the word success. Welcome back to the With Joey B podcast. I'm delighted to have you again today and I really want to unpack. I care a lot about this idea. And this is something that I feel like I'm in a minority for, but I think people understand what I'm talking about. I, I really never use that word. It's like, it's worse than Voldemort in the Joe Weeby dictionary. It's the last thing you want to use. But where to begin? So I think of it this way, right? There's a, and my dad, for, for a bit of an example, uh, my family have, have d- created a good business in property, right? Over generations, my grandfather started when he came out to Australia and my father continued it. I've helped out a little bit, certainly not contributed that much to the pot. Okay, and then in, I guess, our community, our wider community, where there's a lot of people in the building and developing industry, and especially very common for, for anyone who knows Sydney, Lebanese background people to be involved in property is kind of a not surprising thing. But I talk to a lot of people and they talk about, especially when I was meeting people through real estate, and they would talk about being proud of their work. But um, because they were talking to me and they knew my family's background, they'd be like, yeah, oh, we're, we're proud of it. It's not quite, you know, as good as what you guys got, but this is, you know, we're doing all right. You know, we're, we're trying to catch up. And these are all down to earth, very honest, hardworking people, sure. But I always found this response just baffling to me. There's the need for that little disclaimer. For one thing, People have no idea, you know, what my family's lives are like. Not not internally. It's the iceberg. Maybe they see things from the outside. Um, they don't know. They don't know specifics of the business. They don't know any specifics really. They might think they do, but but they don't. And it's always really interesting that people find the need to this disclaimer and it's this whole success metric you can see it running through their brains right i almost kind of want to shake people and go whatever anyone else around you is doing is irrelevant it's irrelevant you don't even know what's going on and you don't know just because they have x and y that things are even going well in other parts of their life you have no idea and i talked about this dynamic in the last episode the whole looking over the fence is that you just gauge, people gauge an impression of the success of others and then they don't have any real clue what that person's experience is like. So even if they might envy what they have, they'll completely disregard the information that that person might not be enjoying it or there might be difficulties actually associated with it. And I love, I love what I heard recently, which is like, you know, Warren, Buffett, Warren Buffett's got money problems. He's just got different money problems. They're actually problems that come with having a lot. And Seneca... The, the famous old Roman Stoic uh, philosopher, you know, he reflected on this. He was a wealthy man and he realized, wow, because I'm wealthy, I've got nothing to gain. I can't really gain much more wealth, but everything to lose. I've got nowhere to go but down. It's like the opposite of the underdog in sport who has nothing to lose and they're liberated by have nothing to lose because they don't have the track record. Success is just this fickle, that word, that word, God damn it. I'm going to rant. Now, the way I'd encourage you to understand it is to think about a street in a neighborhood and you have your house. 
right? I know that in a literal sense, but think of it much more metaphorically. People only really see the outside of the house. The outside of the house might be beautiful. It might be stunning. It might look like exactly what everyone else wants but can't afford. And so they envy that house. Maybe they envy the biggest house. But the thing that they don't see is what the interior is like. Because the outside of a house doesn't need to correlate at all with what the house looks like on the inside. It could be beautiful on the outside, but absolute shit show inside. And even if it looks great outside, people who live in it might not enjoy the inside. But the problem becomes that when you live in a house, how much does the outside even matter to you? Because you don't spend most of your time out on the street looking at your house like everyone else does. You're inside. You live inside. You live in your inner world. You have your inner experience. Joe doesn't get to, you know, I'm looking at a camera of myself now, but I don't get to be that camera looking at me. I don't live outside myself. I'm on the inside experiencing things. So it's funny how people put all this attention into the external decor of their house in the metaphor, or literally, but also themselves, how their life looks on the outside. But they don't spend much time on the inside. But the problem with that is it's so asymmetrical and counterintuitive because your experience is on the inside. Now, I understand to the effect that you want the house, your house, yourself, to be presentable to people, to be inviting. You want it to be welcoming and warm. Because that triggers, you know, that, that invites people to come inside and come into your life and into your world. But you live on the inside. So no matter how great my life might look on the outside, for example, if it does look great, people have no idea I could be super unhappy. And I could just sit here and say I'm super happy, which is, is the truth right now. But I could be lying to you. You actually have no way of knowing. So to bring this back out to this idea of success, right? What is success? Because people talk about it in Western culture. I hear it on podcasts all the time. I hear friends talk about it and it makes me shudder. They use this word success like it's one concrete thing, like successful people. And there's a category. I cannot understand what the fuck they're talking about. Who can you possibly refer to as successful people? Who the? Is it lots of money? Is it everyone? And everyone has a different definition, but they assume you're happy to use theirs. So no one knows what you're talking about. A lot of the time, it implies financially successful. Is my interpretation. But I just never understand how important, how why that's worth talking about when you have no idea what people's internal experiences are like. The ones you're referring to as successful. You have no idea what their internal experience is. So how can there be any objective singular definition of success or any single concept called success? How can such a thing exist if it has to be determined by others, but it's determined by the others who are not experiencing it and everyone's different? So how can there be one single thing? You know what I define success as? The dictionary definition, which is, Success is achieving the outcome you set out to achieve. That's, that's it to me. 
Go back to the dictionary. Implying that it's wealth, implying that it's desirable, is so problematic. And it creates this whole dynamic. I talked about the violent security in the episode before. You've got all these people craving this thing that doesn't concretely and singularly exist. I love this definition of wealth by Nassim Nicholas Taleb, the author and former options trader. If true wealth consists in worryless sleeping, clear conscience, reciprocal gratitude, absence of envy, good appetite, muscle strength, physical energy, frequent laughs, no meals alone, no gym class, some physical labor or hobby, good bowel movements, no meeting rooms and periodic surprises, then it is largely subtractive. Elimination from iatrogenics, that is removing things that actually cause harm, not going out there and conquering and filling your bucket with crap. I love that definition of wealth. But I find it so problematic. Now, to top this all off, Warren Buffett, who was one of the most famous wealthy people of all time and most outspoken, was this amazing video I found on YouTube the other day, just popped up into my feed. And he's talking about, you know, how you're going to measure success in your life when you're an old person like he is. He goes, I guarantee you when you're old, you're not going to measure it by money. I can guarantee you. You know, I'm very wealthy financially. And I eat, you know, Burger King and whatever, KFC and, you know, loves loves Coke. I think it's Coke, Coca-Cola. It's like it doesn't buy me much better food than you, you know. Uh, my mattress is just like any other mattress, really. You don't get much better mattress, right? Money doesn't really improve that that much. The clothes I wear, mine are a little bit more expensive, but they don't look as good on me. So he's talking about all these things. So all the material stuff, they can only get so good. Right? His house, his car, you know, he drove the same car for 10 years. It didn't bother him. He just upgraded it when he needed to. So all these things, money doesn't differentiate much. He said, what you will measure it by is the number of people and friends in your life who truly love you. And he told the story about one of his friends who's Polish background, Polish Jew background, who was, I believe, in the concentration camps in World War II. And he said, this friend, still to this day, when she looks at you and meets you, is asking one question in her mind, shaped by her past. And that question is, would you hide me? Hide me is in being hidden when the Holocaust was on. People come to kill you. And you relied on people who weren't Jews, maybe, to risk their life to hide you. And in that book where I got Taleb's quote about wealth, he talks about heroes. And heroes are the opposite of what we call the agency. I'm not going to go into the agency or the principal agent problem. But heroes have only what we call, well, heroes start out with a lot of upside. Things are okay for them. And they take on downside for other people. They take on risk. So in this example, that friend who is not Jewish, who is not at threat from authorities, is fine, they're safe. They can just do nothing and they'll be safe. Uh, physically, that is. Maybe not spiritually. By taking on someone, they take on all the risk. They only put themselves in harm. So in terms of their physical existence, they've, it's a completely counterintuitive decision, but we don't just live a physical existence. So who is someone that would hide you and take on 
only downside and completely throw away the upside they have, who'd completely opt into risk on your behalf, which is the opposite of what we do in business and commerce. Who would hide you? How many people do you know would hide you? There can be no better question today. I had a question here, which is what is your, come up with your own definition of what success will look like, a picture that will look good to you, but far out. That's, so that's worth reflecting on, but geez, I think this one, you know, who would hide you? Who would hide you from one of the richest men and successful, it looks like, men of all time, coming from his mouth? That's what he concentrates on. There is no more dangerous word in Western culture than success, this thing that everyone's chasing, which is a mirage. You invite people into, you live on the inside of your house, not on the outside. Now, who would hide you in theirs? The best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. So who would open their door and let you into their home to hide?